For the first time in 12 days, it's Nashville Predators game day. Preds take on the Golden Knights, and we got your game preview. A look ahead at February's tough but also kind of easy schedule and the biggest storylines we're watching for the Preds in the second half of the season. All coming up today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast that's available to you wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. Also, before we get any further, I want to mention today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On Predators. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And we back. We back, baby. <laughs> first, back. Time, first time in 12 days we have Nashville Predators hockey to talk about. Um, yeah, and, and given that the Predators have had a kind of a rough history of coming off long game breaks, oh. ah, should, should be an interesting one tonight at Bridgestone Arena. Yeah, I have, I woke up this morning and I was like, first of all, we get to see the guys again, you know, so excited to see the team play, but also I don't know how I feel about it because you know, like you said, let's just be real. The Nashville Predators coming off of the All-Star break is not necessarily the hockey that you've waited, you know, 12 days to watch in the yeah. past. But this Nashville Predators team, you know, is coming off of a 12-day break where prior to that, they played three of their best hockey games that I think that we've seen most all season. So it's like my hopes are high, but then I'm like, temper it, Ann. You do not want to be just sitting there in your disappointment being disappointed. But I don't know how to feel about this game. It does not help that the game is against Vegas because I think at this point in the season, I'm not real sure what's going on with them either. <laughs> yeah, they uh, were maybe about this point around Christmas. You could kind of consider them a Maybe the best team in the Western Conference up there battling Boston for uh, maybe the best team in the mm -hmm. league. Uh, and then the same thing that happened last year. The injuries yeah. popped up and uh, they kind of went into a free fall. Yeah, uh, they, they were, were dropping like two, flies. I think two, six and two uh, over their last 10 games before the All-Star break. They just lost Mark Stone mm -hmm. um, for at least a, a couple of months. Yeah, he uh, just dude. had surgery. Yeah, due to surgery, uh, Jack Eichel and Alex Petrangelo were both injured, and both of them have been a little bit slow mm -hmm. uh, to get back on their horse. And they're also missing Zach Whitecloud, yeah, uh, who is you know one like a very reliable top four defensive defenseman. And because of the way Vegas is built, we know their famous cap troubles. We know their uh, you know penchant for basically mortgaging any sort of futures they have into winning now yeah uh they just the the depth is just not quite there 
Uh, and so, you know, when you get into a situation like you do now, yeah, you kind of leave yourself screwed if more than one or two people start going down with injury. Yeah, and and they were in a world of hurt. They ju- and they just could not. I mean, between the injuries and then, you know, bringing in some people, the performance on ice lately has just kind of slipped. And like you said, this is something that we've sort of seen from Vegas before. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Vegas team does, if they can work out of that, or if this is just sort of a, a forecast of things to come for them. So tonight, not only is a big game for us, but it's also a big game for Vegas because they've got to shake some of this off and get back to their winning ways because they're kind of, they're coming in. It's looking rough. They're looking a little haggard. Yeah. Is yeah. Is first line uh, winger Paul Cotter going to be enough to <laughs> steer Vegas into the right direction? Yeah, uh, it, it's going to be a thing. It's going to be yeah, a thing. Yeah, uh, same Paul Cotter, same amount of points this season as uh, Cole Smith, and he's on the first line. So let's oh, let's let's let that let's let that point uh, marinate for a second. Let's uh, let that let's, let's go back to the Nashville Predators. Let's instead of you know burying another team, let's bury our team. Anna. Come on, um, it's going to be interesting to see how they respond and if that message carries over mm-hmm. from the all-star break we talked about it a lot before the lo- closed door locker room meeting it was a raw honest and you know probably a lot of egos were put in check a little bit the preds responded with three of their best games of the season mm-hmm. is that going to carry over or did the you know, all the Mai Tais in Costa Rica, Dominican Republic, wherever they were, are are those going to make their memories a little bit foggy? And are they going to go back to the team that we saw kind of go through the motions yeah. at times during games? Which team is going to show up? The answer to that question may determine whether we're talking playoffs in a month or two or not, because this is the time right now in which the Predators need to start stockpiling the points. Yes, they do. And I I think this is a very tricky situation because what the Predators have to bring back with them is not even necessarily on ice execution. Of course, that's going to be a byproduct of it. But what they have to bring back after this break is that fire that we saw from them. It wasn't, I mean, yes, on ice execution was improved in those last three wins, but that was a byproduct of that team getting their heads in the right space. That was a byproduct of the team, like you said, kind of checking egos and being honest and holding each other accountable and wanting to do the best for each other. If they can bring that emotional space back, I think the on-ice product will take care of itself like it did in those last three games. I'm really hopeful that they can do it. I know before the break and talking with some of the players, you know, they were just really honest about it. Like it's hard to interrupt the place that we're at, but we're all kind of tired. You know, we're all, it's been a haul, you know, God bless Matt Duchesne. He's like, look, I I got it. I got a new baby. (laughs) Like I'm tired. (laughs) Um, But I, so I know that they were looking forward to the physical aspect of the break, but they really still in talking about it, 
you could tell that this was a team that, that had that fire in them. And, you know, John Hines said in passing, you know, the coaches are going to work over this break on some things that we can do that really kind of pops that back into place and that brings this team right back to a place where they can kind of launch, you know, from that good spot into this Vegas game tonight. So here's hoping that they all come back with, you know, fresh perspective and a little more energy, but still that same commitment because that's what they're going to need. You know, like we've said, Vegas has had some ups and downs, but this is a team that, like you said, they were one of the top teams in the league for quite a while there. So there are no easy games. Nashville has set themselves up for a second half of a season where there are no gimme games. Despite what the schedule may look like, they've got to win all these. No, they're not going to win all of these games, but they could try. You heard you heard it here from Ann. Uh, <laughs> Preds are going undefeated the rest of the season. I said it here first. Come on. Yeah. Uh, anybody who has ever worked and has gone on like – you know, a week long vacation or an extended vacation, you know, there's like two moods you had when you come back from vacation. One is you're refreshed, you're motivated, you got some new ideas, you're ready to try some new things out that you thought about. And the other is you get back and you realize how much you actually hate your life. <laughs> what are the yes. Preds going? What are the Preds going to be? Are they going to be yeah. refreshed, recharged? Are they going to come out of, into this with, you know, a brand new motivated perspective? Or is it going to be back to the old habits and they wait until the uh, inevitable uh, roster shuffle happens this offseason? Because uh, if you look at Alex Doherty's uh, thread on the salary cap, Hello. Uh, what? No matter what happens this year, some significant roster changes are coming down the pipe. Yeah. Just yeah, they are. They have to. Yeah. Yeah. Money. Stinking money. Yeah. The, the Predators are going to look very different. And I'm curious as to whether they're going to look different before the trade deadline or if we're going to make it through the season and then it looks different. But yeah. Well, Ch hey, changes are coming, friends. Maybe that's something to watch in our second half storyline segment. Uh, the big stories to watch going into the second half of the year, plus a look at the February schedule, which uh, has some tough teams, but maybe your easiest one for the rest of the year. Uh, we'll talk about whether that's going to be a trap for the Nashville Predators or not. But first, want to mention today's episode is brought to you by our new betting partner for the Locked On uh, Predators podcast, and that's FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And what's happening this weekend of note in the sports world? I'm making my giant cheese ball. And there's a Super Bowl. Okay, yeah, uh, that's the the cheese ball is not uh, anywhere on the FanDuel uh, sports betting logs, uh, but there's plenty from Super Bowl Fifty Seven. And if you download FanDuel now, you can bet Super Bowl Fifty Seven with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to three thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown and a plenty of prop bets as well. Uh, will the opening kickoff of the second half be returned for a touchdown? Will there be a field goal blocked in return for a touchdown? Uh, will Patrick Mahomes, who will his uh, first pass be thrown to? 
plenty of different bets. So there is something for everybody. Uh, and it's all on a FanDuel Sportsbook app that is safe, secure, and easy to use. And best of all, if you win, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. Again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, and Predators take on the Vegas Golden Knights tonight at Bridgestone Arena, 7 o'clock Central Puck Drop. Um, kicks off uh, an interesting slate yeah. of February games. So we have Vegas tonight, and then th- three more days off, which I'm not really sure how that's going to go, and then a day game at Philly, and then it kind of gets interesting from there. It does. And you look at this schedule, you look at February and I'm like, it is brewing with potential, my friends. But then you look closer and you're like, and also a little bit of doom because, you know, Vegas tonight, Philly, you said a day game, which you never know how day games are going to go. Next week, they have three home games, Arizona, Boston, and Florida and Florida last night beat Tampa Bay. Did I see this correctly? Seven to one. Oh my goodness. All-star MVP, Matthew Kachuk, fresh off. Uh, yeah. Fresh off driving his new car to the arena. That's all. I was going to say, you give a guy a Honda and look what happens. <laughs> so there you there's your lesson kids. There it is. It's like you give a mouse a cookie was a great children's book for adult hockey players. You give a guy a Honda and look yeah. what happens. If you give a douchebag a Honda. <laughs> Okay, that's in the young adult section of the library. That's not in the children's section. But um, so they're facing Boston. I think that's the game when you just glance at the schedule, you zoom in on like, okay, how in the world are the Nashville Predators going to compete against Boston? Boston is absolutely redonkulous this season. Yeah, I mean, chance chance to break the all-time best single season record that was just broken uh, a couple years ago by Tampa Bay. I mean, they're on pace to do that. So maybe maybe historically good. Yes. So, you know, that is definitely going to be one of the bigger challenges for the month of February for the Predators. But then, you know, you look and they've got Arizona – twice now why does that matter oh look it's four free points ladies and gentlemen is it really though let's take a minute and flash back to the absolute hideousness that was the end of last season where all the predators needed to do was beat arizona and they would face calgary in the playoffs and were up for nothing in dominating fashion and then lost that game so Mm -hmm. There are, you know, San Jose, Vancouver. Um, they do play Minnesota and Pittsburgh. I don't know how yeah. you feel. How do you feel about the Minnesota game? Well, I mean, that's, but here's the thing about that. That's the second of a back-to-back. Yes. And, and it's it's the Preds play at home Saturday afternoon against Florida and then go to Minnesota for a Sunday afternoon game. So it's, you know, the way it's built you know, you can look at this. There's two ways to look at this. You can look at it and you can see the abundance of teams like Arizona. Uh, there's also a home game against Vancouver and Vancouver is, is uh, you know, tanking hard right now. Uh, like we mentioned, Philadelphia uh, is this weekend and they're also, you know, have been towards the bottom of the standings this year. 
even though, you know what? They're catching Vegas at a time when Vegas is kind of in a big slump. So mm-hmm. you look at this and you can say, oh, this is going to be an opportunity. The Preds need to stockpile points. And it definitely is. You know, they mm-hmm. are going to play some not very good teams uh, with a decent amount of rest in between yeah. them, other than that back-to-back we just mentioned. But at the same time, is this an opportunity for the Preds to kind of look ahead, take their foot off the gas, play down to their competition, which is a big issue we have seen with this core over the past five years is they'll look at a favorable schedule and, you know, kind of put it in, you know, uh, cruise control and, and sit back with their feet on the dash. Like yes. how Homer Simpson th- thinks cruise control works and winds up <laughs> crashing into a salt barn. Yes. That's kind of the danger of this quote unquote favorable schedule for the Nashville Predators. Right. And the timing of this quote unquote favorable schedule with the landmine that you're talking about could be just it could change the rest of the season for the Nashville Predators, not just playoff wise, but I'm talking roster wise, because you have to remember what happens in February is really going to swing. I think what David Poyle does or doesn't do at the trade deadline I don't know that David Poyle is really quickly going to make a move right now because I think the Predators are still sifting out, look, where are we? Where are we? And and are we close enough that at the trade deadline I go get some pieces? Or is this team going to end up February 28th after that home game against Pittsburgh that, oh, for the love of all of my family reunions, I need them to win? Um, you know, is David Poyle going to say, look, I've seen enough and I'm going to get what I can get for some big pieces. You know, so this February, it's about points. It's about building momentum for this team, but they can't look ahead. But yet also, hey, there's this overhanging cloud of what's going to happen at the trade deadline this month is going to decide because so far, yeah. who knows? Who knows what this team is going to do or, or not do, need or not need at the trade deadline? Yeah. And that is kind of, for me, one of my biggest storylines to watch is, is there going to be an expiration date? Mm. Like, is there going to be a deadline date for David Poyle in all of this? Is he going to, because the deadline is March 3rd. So like you said, you really only have this month. And then I think it's, yeah, I think it's one game. um, Yeah, one game on the second at Florida. So you really only have, you know, what, 10, 10 more games to kind of determine what do I need to do? Like, what's the best move? Is this team really turning in the right direction? And that's that's the big question, and because it's kind of been a tale of two teams this year. You know, you look yes. where there have been some bad stretches, but you look since the start of December at kind of the whole and, you know, take a step back and look at it over the past two months. And the Predators, the, the amount of the rate at which they've earned points in December and January – over the course of a 82 game season would put them at like 108, 110 points. Yeah. Which means they're not only a playoff team, they're up there for what the top teams in the NHL. So that's, is there an expiration point for determining 
what is this version of the Nashville Predators? And I think that is why this February schedule is so important because it seems like that trade deadline is going to be the deadline to determine what direction David Poyle is going to take this team. And I, like you said, I don't know if he's going to make any big swings at the deadline, especially when it comes to bringing somebody in uh, or trading somebody like, let's say, Matthias Ockholm or something like that. But, you know, Dante Fabro is a free agent and you're probably not going to resign him. Yeah. Is he a in, in a market in which defensemen are an absolute premium right now? I mean, there's people talking about uh, Gavrikov on Columbus yes. getting first round pick. You can do that well for Dante Fabro if you want. Yeah. You know, are 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 you going to get a first round draft pick for him if you put him on the market? You may set this year's team back, but you're getting good futures. Um, Alexander Carrier, another guy that might be difficult to resign this year. I mean, it might be him or Fabro. Right. Um, but but there's that. There's Tanner Janot who's a restricted yes. agent is going to be do a big raise and get a big qualifying offer again, that you might not either want or be able to afford to pay. So there are all these questions. It's like, look, do I go now? And is somebody going to blow me off my feet for an offer for these guys that if they're not in the lineup might hurt our chances towards the playoff this year? Right. Or do I need to get started? Do I need to make some moves ahead of this summer that might jumpstart? And who knows? Hey, if they get an extra first round pick for, for Dante Fabro, uh, Very you know, tempting. From even, even if it's like late first round, all of a sudden you have an extra first round pick and you may be able to trade for a player, like use that to get a package for like a player that maybe changes the shape of your direction going forward. Yeah. There are so many things that are going to hinge on this February schedule. And, you know, that's a lot of pressure on the Nashville Predators, but that's just the way the season's unfolded. And you can bet that David Poyle is going to be watching every second of hockey between now and March 3rd and making those, and they're not going to be easy choices. So, and that's definitely what happens after the trade deadline is definitely going to be a big storyline for the second half of the season. But there are more storylines that we're going to talk about coming up in just a second here. First, want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our great friends at Athletic Greens. You know, Nick and I have talked about it. We first started taking AG1 when they sent us a free box. And I'm going to be honest, I was super interested in this. I have been down the road where I would take all kinds of pills and supplements every morning. But AG1 appealed to me because it was so much easier. Athletic Greens has created a product that gives you all of the health benefits of those handful of pills and supplements, but they made it easy. And most importantly to me, they made it taste great. So what is AG1? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. 
This special blend of ingredients supports everything from gut health to nervous system, immune system, your energy, recovery, and focus. AG1 is just a small daily micro habit that provides big benefits. It's just one thing you can do every single day to help take great care of yourself. And it costs less than $3 a day. So you're investing in your health. And friends, it's cheaper than that little drive through coffee habit we all know you have. <laughs> It's also way cheaper, I can tell you, than going out and buying all of these supplements and, you know, these pills and minerals and vitamins so much easier and cheaper than doing that yourself. So to make it easy for you, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D, and they're going to send you five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so we talked about the Predators and their trade deadline, and maybe these uh, last couple weeks are before the deadline are going to be a big uh, caveat uh, of what the Predators are going to do at that deadline. Um, let's say the Predators do turn things around, mm -hmm. and, and they are in a playoff spot, or, or at least like kind of on that bubble, uh, what moves do you think Poyle might make, if any, to kind of accelerate his playoff chances? Wow, great question. I think some of that will depend on how quickly Carrier gets back, which we're kind of hearing it may be more towards the four weeks than the six weeks that we were told. Mm -hmm. So if Carrier is back, I think you're going to see the defense kind of stay relatively packed. I will say keep an eye on Dante Fabro because I do think that that is a piece that regardless of where the Predators are, that's a piece that may move whether the Predators are in or out. I think that's one yeah. of one of the good pieces that, that Poyle kind of has. Um, I don't know how much they really do. I don't see him going out and swinging for the fences no. because Poyle has traditionally been the dance with the girl you took kind of guy. And I think with this team, some of the players that are standing out right now, for me, Cody Glass is a huge story of this season for the Nashville Predators. You know, not been linear. His season has not been linear, but he is going right. You know, he's trending right where you want him to be. You've got Yuso Parsonen. You've got Tommy Novak. I really wonder if David Poyle isn't going to want to maybe see those guys if the team is trending well under the pressure is not the right word, but in the situation of we're in the hunt for the playoffs. Um, what is that going to do to your game? Can you take that next step in your game in a situation where this team is going to need you to perform your best? So I don't see Poyle doing a lot. I do see him watching specific players um, to see kind of how they do in that situation, especially these young guys. I don't see Poyle going out and trying to get a big fish. No, um, absolutely not. Or at least like a top one or, or one he has to explore. Um, I don't know. Maybe, you know, if it depends on if David Poyle really thinks the Predators can, 
like make a run with this version or if he sees this as, you know, kind of the team's last hurrah, you know, maybe he goes out and adds some scoring depth, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's a little bit cheaper than, you know, what a big fish would be, you know, nobody that really jeopardizes your future, maybe just like a a couple third round picks, a conditional second, something like that, which yeah, it's steep, but you know, it may, you know, be the difference in a playoff series. Um, I, I think he might, I think he's going to address defense just maybe not in the top six, you know, like, like the Eric Goodbranson move a couple years ago where you bring in a guy just to kind of have, uh, again, the predators haven't had, I mean, they've spent most of this run playing with six defensemen ever since Mark Borowiecki went out. Uh, And they've only been calling guys up from Milwaukee on an emergency basis. I think you bring in another guy at least to have some depth. Um, But again, like, again, if it's Poyle thinks that changes are coming this summer, you probably don't want to trust, you know, bringing in some new pieces that much because you're going to have to kind of take a step back and reevaluate where you are. Yeah. And I think what happens in February into the trade deadline, the moves that Poyle does or doesn't make are going to indicate the next maybe three to five years of the Nashville Predators. And and I'm not talking about in three to five years, the Predators are going to rebuild the entire roster and be competitive again, because I don't believe that's how this works. That's not how any of this works. But I do think that if the Predators get into the playoffs, if they can make it into the second round and and look competitive, whether they make it past there or not. I think Poyle will stick with the core that he has a little longer. I think that buys some time for Johansson, Duchesne, Forsberg, Yossi, Soros. I think it buys some time. If the Predators crash and burn, like let's talk worst case scenario now, Nick. All right, let's go. <laughs> and you know, as a Hoctimist, I already am flushing from just the thought of crash and burn. But let's just say the Predators, something happens, they crash and burn. They can't get back on their feet in February. They don't make it into the playoffs. I really think that that's going to signal the end. And I know that we've talked about the fact that, like, you've got some contracts here that seem immovable. Johansson, Duchesne, these are big contracts. Who's going to take them? Duchesne may have bought himself some grace from last season, but I'm really wondering if there's not going to be a point where Poyle says, we're done. And whether that ends up being a deal that a lot of people in Nashville like to kind of change that core could go either way. I don't, obviously Yossi, I think is fine. There have been rumors, people kind of speculating about Soros being traded. Y'all just breathe through those. I don't see a scenario, you know, Yaroslav Iskarov is not ready and I, I don't, you know, Kevin Lankinen's on a one-year deal. So I just, they're not going to deal Soros at the trade deadline, no matter what Toronto says <laughs> or offers, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, Soros is not, Soros is not somebody you trade unless you look at Yaroslav Askarov and say, that man is ready he for has, another he one. Done and, and, and right now, I, I don't think the Predators are there. No. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't, unless the Predators just like 
play a goose egg in February. I don't see them being sellers at the deadline. I don't. Um, maybe, maybe Dante Fabro, like you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. just because it seems like the Predators have been trying to trade that guy for about a year now. Um, you know, I, I say, I, I, I agree. I think whatever David Poyle's next move is, whether it's a big swing to kind of refresh the core and maybe bring in, you know, a new person to build around, uh, or, you know, you sell off some of these play, players, get some cap space and maybe try to promote the younger guys that you have, you know, sort of maybe not a rebuild, but kind of like the snake shedding its skin and, and getting, letting the new generation breathe. I think you're going to see that in the off season, uh, just yeah. knowing David Poyle, knowing his history, this is a guy that, likes to wait until the summer to pull off big moves because there are more teams interested. Uh, there's more partners to work with. The teams right. can kind of take a better look at the salary implications from it. So I think anything like that uh, you're going to see in uh, in the summer instead of yeah. right now. Uh, what else, Anne? What else are you looking for uh, over the second half of this year? What's a storyline that you're curious to hone in on? I think the Nashville Predators are going to have to figure out what one word is going to describe their season. Is it going to be inconsistency or are they going to get there together? And are they going to be a team that in the second half shows they know how to consistently play good hockey? Because that's been the buzzword around this team, consistency and inconsistency. And they're going to have to settle who they are. They're going to have to decide that. Um, There was a tweet by Chris Mason yesterday. I saw this and I wanted to read these stats. So since December 19th, the Nashville Predators are 15-5-2 record, tied for second best in the West, 3.42 goals per game, third best in the West, 2.68 goals against per game, which is tied for second best in the West. And they lead the NHL. This right here, like it makes me want to get a tattoo. I'm so happy, Nick. They lead the NHL in slot shots per game. The slot is not lava. They have finally heard it. They've listened, Anne. Yes. They have listened to Thank you. you. Thank you. If they make it to the Stanley Cup finals, I will get a volcano tattoo in their honor. But they need to absolutely decide if that's the team they are and finish out this season or whether this whole season and this little glimmer of hope we're having in the middle is a waste. But this is going to be a season decided by consistency or inconsistency down this stretch. That's what that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, You know what I'm interested in seeing? What's that? Does Phil Tomasino make an appearance at the end of the year? I mean, there you go. There's a question. And here's the thing. If the Predators are, they think maybe they have a shot and they need to get some more scoring, do they reach in the reserve? Or the other direction, are they out of it? And do they just want to see what some of these Milwaukee cats can do? So maybe that's an audition for next year. And not just Phil Tomasino, but maybe some guy like a Luke Evangelista as well. Yeah. yeah. Phil Tomasino, not been the top scorer in Milwaukee. I think everybody felt like he was just going to be, you know, yeah. blowing it out. He's also dealt with injury. So, yeah. you know, he's come back from that and he's doing well. But he, you know, I I don't know that I thought we would be this far into the season without having seen Phil Tomasino. I didn't think so either. And I'm a little bit surprised. A, uh, 
I, I think that is a uh, a sore point of contention for a lot of Preds fans right now. What the Preds fans are sore? What are you talking? Yeah, about? exactly. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, lots of interesting stuff that I think is going yeah. to be coming down the pipeline uh, for the second half of the season. And of course, we will be with you every step of the way. And again, we will be back tomorrow to break down a Preds Golden Knights recap, because uh, that's really the first step in this whole equation. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com and you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at onthefourcheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan and be sure to follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators. And however you're listening to us, whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcasting platform, hit that subscribe button and or the bell notification so you'll always know when we have fresh stuff out for you. That's going to do it for us on today's Lockdown Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with an all-new episode. We'll see you then.